<laughs> Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And man, do we have a doozy. <laughs> Always a doozy. Yes. Always a doozy, but also I feel like maybe out of any case we've covered, this case is absolutely a doozy for many people, all experts, still to this day. <laughs> that's that's definitely very true. It's for sure a doozy from all sorts of people around, not just because we call it a doozy. Um, so I definitely agree with that. Good call. Good call. Yeah, I think we might not have been the first ones to call this case a doozy, actually. So <laughs> that's comforting. Uh, no, absolutely not. Well, is there any true crime news you want to dive into? <laughs> I think there's some things going oh. on, but I don't know if you want to talk about any of it. So, <laughs> um, I feel like the only thing that I really want to mention is so, and I had texted you about this was um, the Moscow Idaho murders. They said that Brian could potentially, if he gets the death penalty, go out by firing squad, which um. You know how I feel about the good old firing squad. If Sydney were to commit a capital <laughs> punishment, her dream is she would choose to die by firing squad. It's just so excessive <laughs> for no reason. Like, why is and that thing? Why is that not in like a handful of states? So that's why. Yes. <laughs> so my boyfriend had actually brought this up because he, we've talked about this before, and he was like, "Oh, did you see that?" And I was like, "Of course, I saw that." And then he was like, when did the last one happen? And so then I was looking it up, and the last one happened in, like, 2010. But there's actually a current case that's going on where this guy had received the death penalty, and he's in South Carolina and wants to get, like, the firing squad. But it keeps going back and forth, and they keep putting it on hold. Like, I don't think that they want to, you know, do that anymore, but it's still an option. That's very funny. I, like, never knew you could actually choose how you die like in the only well, in some states <laughs> in the certain states yeah but I mean I don't feel like that's the worst thing like it's if you're gonna freaking die anyway like why can't you give me a couple options let me go out with the bank I mean I absolutely agree I think it should be your decision to make why not <laughs> yeah I mean most states don't have the option I feel like it's only like Correct. <laughs> the firing squad's like in what five states, and I think <laughs> yeah. there's like there's a couple other that you can get like the electric chair or something too, but for the most part, you can't pick. It's just lethal injection, and that's it. Or you spend the rest of your life in prison because states and like I'm pretty die. sure my state does not have the death penalty anymore. So <laughs> yeah, we don't have the death penalty here either. So you'll just get you know a hundred years. And 20, 20 times like <laughs> I often wonder why they do that too like all right you're gonna get life in prison plus 100 years and it's like okay <laughs> so you're just gonna leave my skeleton here or like what yeah I mean maybe it's to solidify there's absolutely zero chance of ever 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 getting parole but <laughs> plus 100 years always seems a bit excessive because odds are if you're living in the or you're in a prison anyways you're not living to a hundred but you never know <laughs> but even like just a life sentence like that's 
you're going to be there for life. I feel like that's good enough. That's that's Yeah, but I think like life sentence, sometimes people after like what can be considered, like it depends on the state. Like some states, a life sentence is like 30 years or 35 years and then you're eligible for parole. So I feel like it should just be your life, like whatever your life is. So like until the end of your life and then just like, (laughs) like that, that it shouldn't be a set amount of years. Like life means until your life is over and then the parole or no parole is just dependent on the situation but what do I know (laughs) I don't know anything we're gonna change some laws here (laughs) yes starting now I'm gonna go make a petition for it speaking of people who have changed laws or and or had effect on laws a really good segue uh we also were texting about the alex murdoch (laughs) yes and i just want to bring it up because i think it's wild that he testified (laughs) like he went on the stand i haven't i haven't actually gone back and listen i want to listen to it um i haven't done that yet but basically from the stuff that i read about it everyone's saying like that he was lying and apparently he caught another charge so I don't know if he did get charged with like if that's what they're trying to charge him with is like lying on the stand because he got like a misdemeanor so I on Friday I did not see what he said but one of the pages that I follow um you know just posts like stuff all the time and it said (laughs) they posted a meme so I just got to read it because it's really funny. And I saw it after we talked about it and I never sent it to you. Dang it. And it said, today's trial recap. And basically Alex Murdoch on state or on the stand. Mags and Pawpaw had been talking to Roro, Stinky Leg, Little Jimmy and Fathead. who had heard about pill pills from Handsome and Dibble Dabble who told Bus Bus and M who threatened to call the Popo on the talkie talk. So basically the comments were like he just kept talking about all these random people talking in circles. All of them had <laughs> nicknames. Like it was just he did not I do himself it. any favors. <laughs> I'm not and surprised. I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all cuz even like the the videos that have been coming out like the uh I think I sent you that of the body cam footage of like when the police first arrived after his wife and son had gotten killed and he was just kind of like chit-chatting away like all suspect and I'm like why are you why are you still talking like stop talking you need to pretend like start crying stop like stop talking oh my god that body he's like asking questions so much yes I was like there is nothing more guilty than this video like that's what I said to you too you know I try to justify it often and be like oh well you know I, you never know how people are going to react because, you know, you can say you're going to react one way, but are you really going to? Who knows? That one, I can't imagine finding your wife and son thinking they're dead, if not like gravely injured and being calm and asking the police like normal questions or even answering like in a calm voice, giving your alibi and like time frames. So calm. And even to, he went and like, he saw the bodies at one point and like from what I had read like his wife or his son one of their brains or like their heads was like at their feet like they were and he literally asked the police officer like are they dead like 
in like a half crying voice and then just like starts like fake crying and like there's no tears coming out of him like he's just clearly like I was like what is going on this is so fake like you're the worst actor it just I don't know I didn't like it it just really bugs me because I don't you yeah you aren't it's fake you aren't even upset (laughs) you're not I'm sorry but like I have gotten into a car accident where I've been more upset than that like (laughs) you know what I mean calling (laughs) my mom like when I was 17 and it wasn't my fault but I was like hysterical and I like couldn't even talk to my mom. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like on you the would phone. Think, you would think that even just like walking into that scene that he would have been like more shocked than he was. Let alone being like, oh, around I left the house around five ten or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're giving like pretty accurate I went here, here. And I'd just be like, I I don't think I could talk, let alone give times. Like you know what I mean? You can't sing. No. no. So like, that right there makes me feel very, very, like, it's very guilty. Oh, for sure. I'm really interested to see how that plays out. I'm going to have to go back and listen to him on the stand. I want to go back and, like, watch the entire trial. I just haven't had the time yet. But I really want to, if I can't watch the entire trial, I want to at least watch him on the stand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> it's going to be interesting for sure. I absolutely agree. <laughs> Well, I won't take up any more time. I think we have a a big case here to talk about. So, <laughs> yeah, we do have a big case. Um, I do want to start off, and I know Peyton and I have already talked about this, but just to kind of preface with explaining that this is really not the typical case for us to cover on the podcast. Um, you know, we've talked about it before, but our goal on the park on the podcast when we had started it was to look at like small cases that people might not have heard of that Peyton might not have heard of I might not have heard of and then just digging into things that we were super intrigued by but so if you saw the title of this episode you're sure you'll obviously notice right away that it's a bigger case and it's a case that probably everyone has heard of at some point of time um but there's definitely some material in here that you've never heard of which is why we thought it was important that it should end up on the podcast and that it should get shared um so jack the ripper is considered to be not only one of england's but the world's most infamous murderers he's best known by the by the name jack the ripper and in 1888 he had killed at least five women and then mutilated their bodies All five of the known murders took place within a mile of each other in the Whitechapel District of London or the East End of London. Jack the Ripper's attacks were typically on prostitutes, and there was a large number of attacks that had taken place on women in the area between 1888 and 1891, which is why the number is truly unknown, because there were so many attacks that were actually occurring in this area. But also, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, just to, like, add to, this area was not, like, a good area. There were a lot of sex workers. It was a lot of, like, like, poor people, like, what would be, like, almost like the projects now or, like, what would be called the slums or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it was, like, a lot of, like, a lot of cases you think even in those kinds of areas nowadays have a very massively undersolved, right? Like, or 
you know what I mean, compared to, like, a national average or things like that. So a lot of those attacks are so unknown because, let's be honest, at this time, was anyone really investigating attacks on, like, sex workers or suspected sex workers or, you know what I mean? Like, definitely, that's definitely true. I do think it was, like, the time itself, though, that, like, which I kind of go into later, like, I don't think anything was getting solved in the 1800s. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) But very accurate. So these five specifically had similarities and which had kind of linked them together and had linked them to this Jack the Ripper. These five women had all had their throats cut prior to their death and their bodies were mutilated. Some of them even had their organs removed. In addition to these horrific murders taking place, there was a number of letters that were written to the police from the alleged killer. These letters really were to kind of taunt the police, and there was also references made of future murders that were to come. These letters and the murders themselves were documented in newspapers every day, which kind of created this mass hysteria that this boogeyman-type figure was roaming the streets of London. The letters that were written by the supposed killer are unknown if they are in fact from him, but instead there's more belief that it's actually from a journalist that was kind of writing them to then create a better story for themselves. There was one letter, though, that included a package, and in that package was a human kidney that was said to be from one of the victims. So this obviously doesn't sound like a letter that would be sent from a journalist to write a story on because they literally have someone's human kidney. I feel like that reaches extremes. But this is a... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, that's like an absolute extreme. (laughs) It's like insane. (laughs) There's so many, so many articles out there that say like that the letters were a ploy by like the media to kind of create their own narrative and like they could write these letters so then they could write about the letters and like keep putting things in the newspaper and it's like okay then you guys went to the extremes of sending a a kidney to the police like there's no fucking way so I also saw too just like on a side note because I have listened to like a lot of podcasts or done my own research on this too but like so, like, they're the main letters being published. There were also a ton of other random letters that didn't fit the same, like, handwriting or, like, you know, mm-hmm. type of voice and any of that, any the same style. And it's because hoax letters are a massive thing and always have been. So, in case you needed, like, even more doubt that humans kind of suck, <laughs> people were literally <laughs> writing hoax letters pretending to be Jack the Ripper. And, like, hundreds I of think, letters. Like, some people got caught. I don't know, like, if it was later on or some people admitted to it. But, like, I've listened to other cases, too, where, like, people are charged because they end up getting caught for writing hoax letters that derail investigations. So, well, whether the letters were yeah. true or not, they weren't helpful at all. <laughs> and people do, so I just want to mention this just because it's, it, it reminded me of this, but, like, the hoax letters are so common and, like, a, I wouldn't even say just around this time period, like all time periods, but I had just read an article recently and they found a message in a bottle, allegedly from someone on the Titanic. And I like read deeper into this. And apparently this is like a big thing that like after the Titanic had sunk, people were creating these messages in a bottles for like people that they thought might've been on the Titanic. 
and then they were washing ashore and then it would come to find out like this person wasn't even on the titanic or like this person ended up surviving and was like i didn't write that and like people were just making all these crazy hoaxes like that like what so messed up why would you even think of doing that yeah you're like taking this tragedy but like that type of thing still happens today so i'll use an example we had that shooting the school shooting in michigan Mm -hmm. with the next week there were hundreds of kids in oakland wayne and uh washington all counties like all the surrounding counties that were sent to like that were arrested and put on monitors and sent to court because hundreds of kids across the metro detroit area were making fake school shooting threats after that like what that is so crazy so that's like another version it still happens today yeah just indifferent you know we can pick up the phone we don't have to send a letter anymore but still extreme so crazy that all these hoaxes are still taking place so this was all taking place in a time that was much before like dna and fingerprinting so the only way that they were really able to catch killers which had we we had kind of talked about um would be if there was a witness that was able to like successfully identify someone or if someone actually came forward and admitted it was them. They didn't have DNA evidence to link someone to the crime. So they're really just like only able to charge somebody if someone admits to it or if they have like super solid evidence. There were several suspects, but none of which ever came to be charged of the actual crime. Montag John Druitt was an assistant to a schoolmaster and had coincidentally committed suicide after the final murder took place. So they thought that since he killed himself a couple days after the last murder took place, that he must have done it because he felt guilty or of some sort of nature and was linked to this. Another was Jurin Klasowski. He had immigrated to London shortly before the murders had started taking place and coincidentally also had murdered three of his wives by poison. So he ended up being hanged for those crimes in 1903, but they thought that he might also be a part of the Jack the Ripper crimes because he came to London in the weeks or months prior to these murders taking place and was already murdering his wives previously. Aaron Kosminski was a Polish Jew and was identified by a witness of matching the killer that had been seen. He was said to be insane and was having manic episodes and later was admitted to a hospital. So there was witnesses to some of these crimes that had taken place and someone had identified him as matching, but they weren't like close enough or didn't have enough solid evidence that he actually was the man that was had killed this woman or had ran away from the scene also i saw that there was like a writing on one of the walls or you know what i mean like something written and whatever that was like covered up but it was like blaming jews interesting (laughs) because like i guess you know sign of the times that's true so when it was like heavily investigated and i like read somewhere now that like People look back and they're like, ooh, it was like a mentally ill person who very loosely fit a description that most of the people fit, but he just happened to be Jewish and mentally ill. And I was like, interesting way to look at that, but I don't I don't know if it's, you know, how accurate that is. But Yeah. 
it's, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by any of that because there's another one that's on this list that, like, it's, he had, you know, I don't want to spoil it. We'll get to it in a second, okay, and then I'll okay. tell you what yeah, I mean. Yeah, don't ruin it. <laughs> if, I, if I skip over, I think he's the last one, and he has another really great thing that's with him, too, that I'm really excited <laughs> for. Um, Michael Ostrich was a Russian-born con man and thief, and he was listed as a suspect, basically because he was a con man and thief, it seemed like. But evidence later showed that he was actually in jail in France during the time that all the murders had occurred. Uh, John Pfizer, he was a Polish Jew also, and a bootmaker that had many local that many locals had suspected he because he had a prior conviction for stabbing. He ended up having alibis for the dates that the murders had occurred, but he was like the main person that the locals had kind of focused on. Because he had this prior stabbing conviction, which I thought was super interesting. Uh, James Thomas Sadler had been a friend of the final victim. So he's basically guilty by association. But he also had an alibi for the murder dates. And Francis Tumblechee, who was an Indian herb doctor and was connected to the death of one of his patients. Um, in the states was another one and he was also connected and arrested for being an alleged accomplice to the assassination of abraham lincoln what <laughs> yes one of, what? One, of what? The, one of the jack the ripper suspects was arrested for being a possible accomplice to abraham lincoln's assassination in 1865 Oh my god. And not only that, that's across the pond. So So yeah, and he was originally from the States. And then wow. came from my understanding to the UK, like by boat, because that was really the only way to get there back then. Wild. Um, okay, interesting. But he had also been, so this is what I was talking wanted to talk about earlier. He also had been arrested in 1888 for engaging in homosexual acts. So I feel like that was part of the, you know, that stereotype that you know, the homosexuality wasn't a yep. thing back there. It was illegal back then. Um, you could get arrested for those, and that was a crime. So basically because he had engaged in this sort of activity, he must be guilty and he must have been the killer, which I thought was, like, super random. That is that is really random. But it wasn't also, common. Also... I just, like, I'm curious. I don't know if you know off the top of your head if any of these men had, like, backgrounds in either, like, being a doctor or a butcher or anything the, like that. This one. This Francis this one? Uh, Tumble Tea or whatever. He was, like, a herb doctor. So it, was, it seemed like it was more, like, pharmaceutical work. Okay. Um, but it was, like, a fraud scheme. But he had the only, like, from my understanding, like, the medical background. So, I'm just, that's really interesting to me because based off, like, the injuries from the women, they were, like, very brutal and vicious attacks, but, like, I mean, organs would be removed, and it wasn't, like, necessarily sloppy. Oh, no. Like, so, from everything I've seen is, like, it, they assumed someone would have to have, at least now, that someone would have to have some sort of knowledge in anatomy or how a body works and like be able to not only have the strength to do that 
um but the ability and like knowledge to do that kind of stuff so that's really interesting to know what you're doing and that actually leads into the next point uh (laughs) so there's many different theories as to like who could have been jack the ripper but one of those is a connection to hh holmes um and it's honestly i think one of the biggest connections because of just the odd timing that's out there uh the jack the ripper crimes had stopped in 1889 and hh holmes had started in 1893 no this is just one of my favorite (laughs) theories love it Um, yeah because hh holmes was from london uh uh-huh and it would make, I mean, he, from 1889 to 1893, it gives you time to get back into or get to the States, you know, make yourself a new home, figure out your situation. They both had that medical knowledge that you had just talked about. Uh, Jack the Ripper was slitting his victims' throats, basically, so they couldn't scream. And H.H. Holmes had allegedly attended medical school and also had mutilated to dispose his victims. He gave his bodies to, like, the medical research so that way they could study those bodies or, like, what it was, like, to the colleges so they could, like, do research on the bodies and stuff and they wanted the bodies so he could get rid of them that way. But. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess the only thing would be that international travel again because the only way to travel back then is, like, by boat. But that would take months. It wouldn't take years. So it isn't, like completely impossible so although jack the ripper is still unknown on who he actually is there are recent studies that genetic tests show that aaron kosminski was actually the killer there was a silk shawl i can't speak there was a silk shawl that was discovered next to the fourth victim's body and they were out able to look through genetic testing and blood and semen were found that linked to aaron This testing and the fact that it is still taking place and being looked into is super fucking wild, um, being that this case happened so long ago. But they're also saying, you know, that it's it literally happened so long ago. So is it legit? I think it seemed like from some of the articles I was reading that it was going through um, like those different like it's the genetic profile. So like 23andMe and like all these different programs that i always say i'm never going to use because it's somehow it's going to be linked um so i mean we talk about it all the time (laughs) literally so often and every time i think about it i'm like i really say this a lot but so it'd be like ancestors of him are getting linked to it somehow so it would make sense but they can't really prove it they haven't fully closed it because of that and there's a lot of theories that are still out there on that so i think it'll always kind of remain unsolved or questionable um, but this was definitely something I had never heard of that they were even looking into this genetic testing. And I literally texted Peyton earlier this week and was like, how come people aren't talking about this? Like there's articles that are recent as like this year of them still looking into genetic testing on it. But I had never even heard that this was something that they were reopening. So, yeah, because I'm really confused from when everything I looked up, some of it said it could have been identified like 2019, 2020, but yeah, I'm not really sure. From what I understood, it's like, I think they confirmed there was a match, but they aren't sure 
how the match is related, if it's actually Jack the Ripper or what. Because I did hear, like, the chain of custody. It was, like, from, like, a shawl or something, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, the chain of custody was, like, broken quite a bit. Wasn't it, like, in a collector's possession at one point, I think? Maybe yeah. it's something else I'm thinking of, but... So I think no, was, I think like, it was. So I think it was, like, yeah, this has been identified, but is it really Jack the Ripper? But it was identified as one of the people, right, that was a suspect. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's why, I mean, it's, like, th- what they're looking at is, like, what are the chances of it, this person that was listed as a suspect, and then the genetic testing coming through and matching this individual, but it's also, like, this happened how many years ago? The Was the profile actually accurate? I'm pretty sure that the shawl was, like, in a collector's possession, and it was, like, in and out of, like, police custody, like, it didn't really... Yeah. Anyone could have touched it, so it could have just been, unfortunately, that, like, a relative a relative of this guy had somehow gotten a hold of it. I feel like there's a lot of mishmash, mish, mishmash with it, and that's why they're unable to kind of close the case because of it. Yeah. Wouldn't it be wild if, like, this long later, it's actually solved? <laughs> It'd be literally insane. I don't know if um, they would even, I mean... I think it would never fully be solved, though, since the guy's obviously dead, no matter who did it. Like, can we just solve it if they're already dead? I'd be like, this is definitely the person that did it. I feel like there would still always be some sort of unknown. It's like one of those cases where you look back and you're like, well, what the fuck? I wish they had, like, (laughs) you know, some sort of way to see into the future and know, like, you're supposed to collect certain things or, like, zone off literally crime scenes I mean people were like traipsing through crime scenes uh people were like caught seeing like I don't know I saw like from accounts like some of the things happened in such a small window of time Mm -hmm. like one of the women was found in a spot where like a police officer was patrolling and he had just walked by that area like 10 minutes before But, you know, was it he walked by that area 10 minutes before and didn't notice because it's, you know, there aren't street lights. Yeah. And it's also, like, different. Like, did they even have, like, roads? Was it, like, mud or, like, gravel at that point? Like, what what were you actually walking into? Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. But it's really interesting because, like, some of those sightings were the small windows of time, like, you know, someone saw someone or someone saw a shadow, someone who found the body. Like, these all could have been potential suspects, too. And as much as I want to be like, oh, isn't that wild? Like, we could solve the case. This is one I don't think we'll ever solve. We'll never have the answer to. No, it'd be really cool if we could, but it's definitely going to be one that just, there's never going to be a for sure answer on it. Cause even, you know, with the genetic profiling, it's like, it could be, but we're not hundred percent sure on it because X, Y, Z. And like, there isn't enough DNA and like, they weren't following the protocol we follow today for that to even be possible. Yeah. But I had to save the best for last. So if you know me in the real world, you probably know that I recently went to London and one of our stops was Jack the Ripper's Museum, which was super fucking awesome. I'm so um, jealous. It was like, I I have it written down, but then I actually have like a, a little museum guide that I pulled. 
So it was one, two, three, four, five, six floors. And on each floor, it was basically like they had scenes set up. And then they actually did have some of like the artifacts from the case. So they had some of the letters, which I don't know if they were like copies or if they were. I'm assuming they were probably copies of the letters, but they looked pretty legit because they were on like the super dark paper, like tainted. Um, but I wonder if they made copies of like the really that's, old ones. <laughs> that's what I was thinking because I feel like it would be way too good to be true that that was the legit letters because there was a bunch of them. Oh yeah, and then that. Re- you run the risk of like losing that artifact too that's true but they did have and this was legitimate um like the handcuffs from that officer that was like patrolling and they did have like a whistle that he would have blown into to call like for extra help when he had found the body um and there was like some little things like that there was also some like super gory crime scene photos that i had sent Peyton. Um, Oh, but I was going to say some gnarly ass, like, 1800s crime scene photos. Yeah, they it was were, wild. They're super gnarly. I know that there's, so there's some, so I took a picture of, like, the super, took pictures of the super graphic ones, because there was some that, like, it was just the faces of the women. Um, but there was some that were pretty extreme. So I did take some pictures of those. So feel free to message me if you want to see them. I don't think I'll post them on Instagram. But it was super cool probably to see. Probably not. We'll probably get reported. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. They were super cool to see. It was really cool to go to the museum. Um, in the stairways, they had, like, the stairways were covered in, like, different newspaper articles. So it was just kind of sh- to show, like, how much the media literally was writing on this every single freaking day. Like, there was... Every single time you went up a staircase, there was, like, a bunch of different newspaper articles on the wall. Um, That was, like, the wallpaper. So, I'll definitely have to post some pics. Highly recommend if you ever make it across the pond and you're a true crime lover. Uh, They do have, like, walking tours as well. We didn't make it to one of those. But it really did seem like it was just kind of, um, like, walking to the different locations. Because the museum is, like, in the east end. So, I'm assuming just kind of talking about the stuff that's in the museum and then walking to like the locations where those women had been found that would be wild right super wild that that would be like really wild to experience and see and like I think this is like a really high level overview because there's so much information and so many wild things that happen during this case and like so many details yeah that like I think this is a good way to, like, encourage people, like, go listen, because I think if we did a deep dive, we could at least do, like, five episodes. <laughs> well, yeah, and didn't you say it? Because I think, was it Crime Junkie that had, like, Morbid covered Morbid. Jack the Ripper last year, and they did, I think, like, four episodes, and they were, like, an hour and a half each. <laughs> no, I believe it. There's a lot of, like, small details with it, and I kind of wanted to talk more about, like, the the other things and like that I got yeah. to go to the museum but like it's definitely the point of or like the main pieces of Jack the Ripper but like if you're interested in those small details definitely go listen to more podcasts on it go do a google search like there's so much information I, out there you could get real lost check reddit yeah I highly recommend if you're gonna listen to a podcast the morbid 
people did like a great job. <laughs> um, but I think also there is so much information. And like you said at the beginning, this is like really something we don't usually cover because there's so much out there on this case that <laughs> these aren't like normal things we would really cover. But I think you just going to the museum, probably learning a bunch of new stuff that like isn't talked about and wanting to go over it. I think that's so neat because, you know, some of this I didn't know either. That's true. And that's what I feel like why I came to terms because I was really fighting on it. I know <laughs> I had talked to you about this and I was like, I don't think I should. And then I was like, well, it is different and it's unique. Like, obviously, there's all these other episodes out there that like they're going to talk more in depth. But like, I actually went to the museum. Like, this is some of the stuff that they have there. This is what I saw. Um, and Abraham Lincoln suspected murderer was an accomplice and a suspect come on doesn't get any better than this that literally has your name written all over it (laughs) I also want to add I was thinking of you today because I when I was work when I was on my maternity leave I didn't listen to any podcasts I'm like catching up and one of the more recent listener tales that morbid does like people write in and tell their stories and I was listening and it was talking about how basically Abraham Lincoln's ghost is haunting this person and it might not it's probably actually not Abraham Lincoln but they said that that's the only way they could describe this like shadow figure is like super tall and skinny and this like top hat and it literally looked like Abraham Lincoln and I was like oh my god this is Sydney's dream I would be honored (laughs) Literally. And definitely, no matter how much I talk about it, they have to have some sort of weird connection to him. There's no other reason why someone would be so fascinated with the person. Makes no sense. Yeah, I think maybe in, like, a distant life. <laughs> There's you know, something. reincarnation. I could have been a kid. His kid's Ooh, old dead young. Wild. You could have been. <laughs> and then still live, like... I don't know what like, else it would be several full lives after that until you got got to this time I don't know what it would be and maybe I have to go see someone and talk to them about that (laughs) a counselor or a psychologist Uh, or yeah go to therapy (laughs) (laughs) I think I need to talk to somebody it's just a matter of who literally (laughs) and I did sorry you have no, I'm just saying, no, I, I appreciate you telling this because I didn't know any of this, really. <laughs> well, I'm glad I got uh, some information for you out there. And I did want to just end with the f- names of the five victims that are, like, alleged to be a part of the Jack the Ripper killings. Mary Ann Nichols, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes, and Mary Jane Kelly. I also saw that there are other ones that they think might be, but these are, like, the five main that they're, like, these are absolutely connected. Yes. So there's, because there's so many attacks that took place during that, like, time period. Yeah. I want to say it was in, like, the hundreds, and there was, like, a handful of additional murders that had occurred, but they just didn't match, like, the same, like, these five all had their throats slit. Uh, There were several that were, like, mutilated. Um, whereas some of those other people just looked like they'd been attacked and kind of hit their head. Yeah. So it didn't match the same situation. And also, like, this wasn't a great area. There was 
crimes that were being committed no matter what like in this area so they were unable to say it was jack the ripper or if it was just some guy fighting with his prostitute that day i don't know (laughs) yeah i um also because you said her name sorry i wanted to bring this up that shawl we were talking about yeah uh, had the dna that was found near Catherine Eddowes. Eddowes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was, like, next to her body. And she's... So, I wonder if that's... Hold on. Now I gotta go back and look at my pictures. Because I think two of them had their... Yeah, so Catherine Eddowes is one of the ones that was, like, extremely mutilated. And she's the one that had her kidney missing. And then yeah. Mar- Mary Jane Kelly had her heart removed from her chest cavity. Yeah, it was like they kept escalating and getting almost like a little more brutal every time. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Yep. So, who knows why it just stopped. Unless it was H.H. H. Holmes and he just came to America and did it. I mean, that makes the most sense, but... (laughs) It's, like, my favorite theory. It's, like, very, very, very unlikely. It's, like, probably a 0.0001% chance they were the same person. It's just one of those things that, like, it makes sense. Like, it fits the bill. Like, it's just awfully coincidental that they stopped one place and then started somewhere else and, like, had these similarities. They had this knowledge. Like, it just, it's, like, too good to be true, but, like, at the same time, come on. Yeah. I love a good theory. Same. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that I love that theory, and I love far out there theories. (laughs) And there's, like, a bunch of other, like, Jack the Ripper theories, but, like, that's just the biggest one, and, the like, the only one I feel like that makes full sense. Like, some of the other ones are just, like, other random murderers, or they had, like, the person had to have died. That's why it stopped, or, (laughs) like, okay. Yeah, I like, um, I actually almost texted you today because I was listening to an episode about a cryptid and, like, this guy that said he saw, <laughs> like, the sighting was so unbelievable. I was like, hmm, you know, we love good theories and we're always like, oh, yeah, that exists. And we talk about cryptids. But I was like, I don't know if I could buy into this. <laughs> really? That never happens. It was like a businessman driving home at night at 3.30 in the morning. It <laughs> pulled over the side of the road and watched two or three frogs. Because it's like the Froglin or Loveland Frogman or whatever and it was like two or three frogs standing on their hind legs near a bridge uh having a conversation and they were like roughly the size of toddlers like so very large (laughs) for frogs and he just stood there for like five minutes watching them have a conversation i'm sorry but like first of all businessman who pulls over on the side of the road at 3 30 in the morning what are you doing, sir? Yeah, what? Are you inebriated? He's gotta be. Do you need help? This None of this makes sense. Yeah, so I was like, I don't know if I can buy that one, to be honest. That's a big maybe, probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I thought yeah. you'd get a kick it out might of that. Be a, it, Some that might theories, be a little bit though, too far-fetched. Some theories I can really buy into, but 
Same. I feel like I really, uh, really buy into them, though. Like, I really kneel into them. They must be true. (laughs) They must be. (laughs) Well, you got some jokes and facts for us? Of course. Do I have to tell you that we have to do fact first? (laughs) No, I figured we were going to do fact first. Okay, (laughs) cool. Uh, according to a Radford University study, serial killers with higher IQs prefer bombs and poison over guns and knives, while those with a lower IQ tend to bludgeon or stab their victims. Wild. I was pretty intrigued that the higher, I mean, the higher IQ, like, I feel like bombs make sense in my head, but poison I didn't really think. I guess maybe. Those are more sophisticated. Well, I think that's really funny because Ted Bundy always was, like, high IQ, really smart, being a lawyer, but he was, like, very brutally attacking people. And then you look at Jeffrey Dahmer, who kind of, like, yeah, he bludgeoned people, but he'd also make these concoctions that would be kind of poisoning them. So it's, like, a combination. And then Mm -hmm. you look at the Unabomber, who was really smart. That's true. Like, very, very smart. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I guess that there's probably going to always be those one-offs, but prefer, yeah. the, prefer the bombs and poisons over the guns and knives. Interesting. Got I that like that from, fact. From that uh, trivia that book. book. <laughs> I'm going to buy that book for myself so I can sit on my coffee table when it's I buy a new coffee table. <laughs> doing me wonders. <laughs> yeah, I love that for you. thank you thank you all right hit me with your joke what are the strongest days of the week what saturday and sunday because all the others are week days oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i didn't i hate you (laughs) i didn't think you would like that one (laughs) week days that's funny week they are weak <laughs> that wasn't a bad one it made me chuckle so i was like all right that's gonna be a good one but i was like i don't know Payne's gonna think that one's a little cheesy probably i mean yes but that's okay <laughs> also apologies in advance if this episode comes out late i'm gonna do my best that it won't but i'm not gonna make any promises i think this episode will come out late <laughs> we we've been having a lot of things going on uh peyton has a baby <laughs> sydney's just trying to live her best life like we've been busy <laughs> yeah i do play the single mom half the week because my boyfriend travels for work so sometimes it gets really inconvenient to even like sit and try to do research <laughs> After working all day and dealing with this, I don't even want to call him a demon child. He's really not. He'll just <laughs> want to party at one in the morning and be smiling. I don't, yes. I don't know. It's fine. We also said, though, too, and, like, we talked about it, like, when the podcast becomes, like, a chore, it's not fun anymore. So, like, if episodes are coming out whenever they come out, they come out whenever they want to come out. It's fun yeah. for us. It's and not fun. And this is also get... like PSA that like reminder: we are not professionals. We do this for fun. 
literally fun. We are getting nothing out of this except <laughs> the enjoyment of creating this mishmash of a podcast. Or like when we get really cool <laughs> messages, like yeah, about like the Stephen. I'm gonna butcher it. Hada Haja Haja. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, we recently got a message uh, regarding that case from somebody that lives in that, or, like, their family is from that town, and was basically saying, you know, I reached out to, like, all these bigger podcasts, and they didn't cover it, and I came across yours, and, like, you guys did a really great job, and, like, it's so cool to see that people are covering this, and then, like, was telling us additional information which we might have to do, like, another, like, update podcast at some point yes. some of that. and also my understanding is that documentary you talked about yeah. really hit on those extra things we missed. So yes, so we're we, definitely going to do that, watch yeah. the doc. Yeah, so and it definitely made even more sense why everyone, like, questions it because things that, like, you and I brought up were, like, even more emphasized and Mm -hmm. there were probably more answers to some of the questions we had that were like you know how many miles did he walk for example or things like that it's but like those kind of messages are really exciting to us because this is why we do it we want to cover cases for fun that no one else is really talking about that are strange unusual or interesting to us so hopefully you guys find it interesting too for sure all of the above. Okay, well, now that I'm done rambling, <laughs> I guess you can find us on Facebook at Tacos and Tequila Podcast. On Instagram, it's just Tacos and Tequila. We also have a website, tacosandtequilapodcast.com, that's updated every few weeks <laughs> with all the links to our episodes, sources, and summaries of each case. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you leave a rating and or review to help us get noticed, help other people find our podcast. And we love to see what you guys like about the episodes. You can post it on there. You can send me a message. You can send us a message. I I mean, I usually read them, but I send them to Peyton. Yeah. And like, (laughs) it's really cool to see what you guys like. So we appreciate that. Very much so. And yeah, I guess we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.